Remember, remember, the 5th of November, gunpowder, treason, and plot. No, I haven't gone crazy. They are words from a poem about a very important day in UK history. So let's talk about it. All right, mate, and welcome to the Brit Speak Pod, the podcast designed to help you understand British life, British culture, and of course, British English. So let's get cracking. Hey up, mate. How's it going today? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Thanks for asking and welcome to episode 16 of the Brit Speak Pod, where today we're talking about a very special event that happens on the 5th of November in the UK. But before we get into all that good stuff, if you're new around here, nice to meet you. My name is Dan. Please do me a favor and subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcast from. I'd appreciate that. And if you're not new around here, if you're returning, nice to see you again, mate. I hope you had a nice week. Anyway, 5th of November. Why is that important, you might be asking? Well, in the UK, it's a pretty important day. And it all goes back to the year 1605. And a story that most British people know. Maybe you know this story as well, actually, because there is a film... Uh, based loosely on this event called V for Vendetta. So maybe you've seen that film, maybe you know a bit about this story, but if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'll tell you the history. So rewind to 1605 and we're in London and there's a group of like Catholics, yeah? And one of the guys in this group is called Guy Fawkes and they decided, I don't like King James anymore. I'm sick of him. Let's kill him. Let's bump him off. So <laughs> these guys, these Catholics got together and they were like, I'm sick at King. I've had enough for him. Let's kill him and let's get rid of all these Protestants and let's just put Catholics back in charge. Well, that's what they decided to do. Uh, in order to do this, they kind of dug under, like dug a tunnel underneath the Houses of Parliament, you know, Big Ben and all that stuff. And they put loads of gunpowder down there because their idea were... Let's just blow it up. Let's just blow that building up and then they'll all be dead. And then, you know, everything's great as far as they're concerned. So, yeah, they decided to do this. But when they were getting close to finishing, they'd put all this gunpowder underneath the Houses of Parliament. Somebody, somebody sent a letter to the king. We don't know, uh, an anonymous letter to the king. And they were like, by the way, mate, someone's trying to blow you up. So, you know, maybe don't. Do that. Don't go to Big Ben on the 5th of November because somebody might explode you. So, <laughs> yeah, on the night of November 5th, Guy Fawkes was discovered and he was like guarding all these barrels of gunpowder underneath House of Parliament. They caught him red-handed. You know, he were there. All the gunpowder were there. You're nicked, mate. So <laughs> he got arrested, obviously. Coppers showed up. They arrested him and they were carted off. Yeah, because they got him banged to rights. Banged to rights is what we say when, you know, it's 100% guaranteed <laughs> that you're getting arrested, mate. Like, there's no doubt it were you. You know, he, he's got a load of gunpowder. It's underneath the House of Parliament. He's got some matches. Yeah, it, and it's definitely him that's, <laughs> that we're trying to do it. So anyway, they arrested him and they tortured him for a bit. You know, that's how it was done back in the day until he gave up all the other names of the people in his group. Yeah, uh, I can't remember any of their names. Robert something. The one of them were called Robert. 
I remember. Anyway, so he he snitched on all his mates, and yeah, that's how it went down. So in end, went to court, and they were put on trial, and they were found guilty of treason. Treason is where you act against the king or queen of the country, right? So yeah, and yeah, that usually results in death. If you're caught guilty of treason, especially back in them days, there were no more Sunday football for you. It were game over. And Guy Fawkes indeed got game overed. Um, so yeah, they were hung and drawn and quartered, which is a weird thing they used to do. They used to hang people until they were dead and then like cut them up and send the different parts of different sections at country. I don't really understand why, but that's what they used to do back in the day. And because the king was so happy he didn't get blown up and that they discovered this plot, everybody were like, let's have a celebration. And to celebrate the fact that we didn't get blown up, let's have some fires. So everybody started having a big fire all across England. Uh, big fire, like in a community area, big fire called a bonfire. And yeah, that eventually morphed into the tradition known as Bonfire Night, which is the main point of this episode. So Bonfire Night takes place on November 5th. And yeah, we kind of celebrate this story, I guess. Celebrate a guy trying to blow up the king and then getting hung for it. So anyway, whatever. <laughs> that was the history of it. But what is it actually like in, you know, 2023? So on the 5th of November in the UK, you're going to find that there's a lot of events in the evening which involve a fire. So that'll be a big, big fire in some sort of public space, usually in a park or something. And they burn all sorts of stuff, but especially they burn what we call an effigy, which is like a, a, a model of Guy Fawkes or like whatever, something like that. Basically, they'll dress up a puppet or something and they'll burn that and... It's not always Guy Fawkes. These days, you'll find other politicians like Boris Johnson and stuff. So anyway, that happens these days. So anyway, there's a big bonfire and it gets lit and everybody kind of just in, enjoys looking at the fire, I suppose. I mean, it's November in England, so they're probably happy that it's warm for a change because of the fire, you know. But there's also fireworks. For some reason, the UK decided November's cold. It's always raining. So let's have a firework display. So... I don't know why Guy Fawkes couldn't have done this in August. It would have made everybody's life easier, but no, he waited until November when it's bloody freezing. Thanks, Guy Fawkes. <laughs> anyway, so they have the bonfire, they have fireworks, and yeah, it's it happens every year on November 5th. And like every village, every city, every town has their own little celebration. So you, you're bound to see one if you're in the UK at the beginning of November. Also, there's some traditional foods and, um, you know, drinks and stuff that are very common at uh, Bonfire Night. For example, toffee apples, which is like an apple, 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 apple. It's an apple that's coated in uh, like a toffee or a caramel or something. I think Americans call it a candy apple, but we call it a toffee apple, um, which is quite weird, but all right, it's a thing. Uh, toffee, like a hard... Dark toffee, which is really chewy, is quite common. Um, warm drinks, obviously it's cold, it's England. So you're going to get like mulled wine and hot cider. 
uh, usually are available as well. And then for some reason, when I was growing up, they're always like hot dogs and burgers. I don't really know why that's related to bonfire night. Maybe they're just making use of the fire and having a bit of a barbecue. I don't know. But it was always common to have hot dogs for some reason. Um, so yeah, food and drink. You can try that some of those local dishes if you go to a community event. Yeah, this is a very family-friendly event, I should say. Like, it's usually kids are there and parents are there and... It's quite common for the whole family to either attend the local one or when I was growing up, we'd have like our own little version on the back garden, you know, with us and a couple of other families would come round and we'd have his own little fireworks in the garden and um, so hilarity prevailed where let's say health and safety wasn't exactly followed in my back garden growing up. And I remember a fence being set on fire because a firework didn't go correctly. Anyway. Let's leave that there. So it's quite common that people go to these community events, right, as a group. And yeah, sometimes there's other stuff there. Maybe like some little fairground rides, depending on how big it is. Maybe there's some stalls where you can buy things or kind of like a little festival thing, to be honest. So yeah, and it's, it's definitely the idea is to kind of bring the community together nowadays. It's not that much about, you know, blowing up the government anymore. It's more about like everybody getting together and being part of a community, I suppose. So, yeah, it's quite nice in that respect. So if you are new to an area and you want to get involved in your local community, a bonfire night is probably a good place to start, to be honest. But obviously, something you need to be aware of is that there's fire. And where there's fire, there's danger. So that leads us to the safety precautions that you need to be aware of. Because if you go there not knowing what's going to happen might end up going badly, you know. So we've got to be careful. There's fireworks, there's big fires. So always, always, like, try and stay a safe distance away from anything that looks too hot. That's a good start, usually. Um, don't bring your own fireworks or stupid like that. They've already sorted the fireworks. Let the professionals do it. You just look at it. That's the, the best way to do that. Uh, and also with pets, be careful if you've got pets. You know, dogs especially are usually pretty scared on bonfire night. That's the worst part is people are having fireworks, which is great fun for humans. But for dogs, it kind of sucks. They're scared and that's terrible for them. So, yeah, I always feel bad for dogs at bonfire night. So, yeah, if you do have a dog, be aware of that because maybe it'll be something that you need to be aware of. And hopefully your little puppies are all right, I hope. Good. And, yeah. If you really want to, wear goggles, but I don't think it's going to be necessary, to be honest. I think you'll be all right. So if it sounds fun, then this sounds like something you want to check out. I've got a few tips that you need to be aware of. First of all, look in your local area for events. If your local area has got a Facebook group, join that. If there's an event board in the town or the city, they'll have a poster up. Look in the local newspaper. There's usually advertisements for any big events that are coming up. Sometimes they, you have to pay money for a ticket, but most of the time, the smaller ones tend to be free. Maybe in the big cities, they charge money, but out in the countryside a bit more or on the outskirts of the city, maybe you don't need to get a ticket, but be prepared for that. And yeah, check in advance, probably beginning of October, they'll start to announce these things. So keep your eyes peeled for your local events. 
Um, be aware that it is a community event, so don't show up absolutely smashed because you've drunk a bottle of vodka because there's going to be kids around, so be careful. But yeah, you know, it's always nice as well to kind of brush up on the history to know what's actually going on. You don't have to, but you could. Uh, so yeah. Also, it is November, so use your brain. It's going to be cold. It's going to be wet, probably. So make sure that you dress appropriately. It's not the day for shorts, you know what I'm saying? So make sure you've got your, your woolly hat and your scarf and your big coat because it's always at night, it's always outdoors and it's always freezing. So think on, get some gloves, some mittens or something. Uh, and <laughs> let's be right, bring an umbrella because it's probably going to rain. Don't forget your brolly, you're probably going to need it. So that's good. Um, other than that, try and socialize with people around you. It's a great way for you guys who are listening to this to engage with people in your local community. Like, try talking to people who are stood next to you. Try talking to the people around you. Try asking questions about things that you don't understand. Like, why is that little lad got a what looks like a puppet in a chair and he's asking for money? So, yeah, maybe you don't know that. This is a thing that happens at Bonfire Night where it's called Penny for the Guy. And what'll happen is somebody will get like a mannequin and they'll dress it up in clothes and they'll ask people, oh, excuse me, sir, penny for the guy. Excuse me, miss, penny for the guy. What they want you to do is give them a penny, give them some money, yeah? And it's like, used to be, historically, that they were kind of asking for donations in order to fund the bonfire night, to fund the fireworks and stuff. Nowadays, it's 50-50. Maybe it's just some kids that want to buy, you know, a Mars bar or something. They want to buy some chocolate. So you have to be careful. Either way, that might happen to you. So whatever. Anyway, maybe there'll be things there that you don't understand. You don't know much about them. So feel free to ask people. It's a good way to learn more. It's a good way to be part of your communication uh, community. And even more than that, it's a great way to improve your communication skills in English. So yeah, that is Bonfire Night and Guy Fawkes and November the 5th in the UK. And I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you enjoyed that little history lesson. I mean, there's not much English that I've taught in this podcast, to be honest, but taught you something about British culture, I hope. So how about in your country? Do you have some kind of similar events related to fireworks and things like that? I know in Japan, where I'm living at the moment, it's really common in summer to have big fireworks, like big firework events, like... <laughs> on another level to England. I'll just say that. Like, if you imagine Disneyland, you know, they have these crazy firework displays. That's what Japan's like in summer. And uh, it's pretty amazing. In the UK, it's a bit more low key. Uh, don't go expecting, you know, kind of crazy things, but it'll be nice. You know, don't get your hopes up too high. I guess that's generally advice for life in the UK. <laughs> don't get your hopes up too high. <laughs> but you know, it'll be good. It'll be good. So yeah, do you have anything similar in your country? Have you ever been to a bonfire night in the UK? I'd love to know. If you're listening on Spotify, you can share your experiences. You can leave a comment on this episode. If not, you can send me an email or you can leave a comment on my Instagram or something like that. Let me know, do you have anything similar in your country? And would you like to go to a UK bonfire night? I'm sure it'll be good if you do. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. But yeah, that's today's episode. A little bit shorter than usual, but I think it's going to be 
useful for you nonetheless. Next week's episode is a bit of a good one. I've got another guest, another special guest. And this time, they're from the land down under. They're from Australia. And we're going to be talking about Australian English and how similar it actually is to British English. So you're not going to want to miss that. It's with Amanda. She's uh, an Australian teacher. It's an amazing episode. I'm really looking forward to you hearing that one. But until then, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. That's britspeak.co forward slash britspeakpod. And that's it for today. So I'll catch you in the next one. See you there.